Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You are now rocking with the best. This is. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. My name is Michael Rappaport, and we have a big body smash mouth I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast coming up today on today's episode. The final word on the Serena Williams U.S. Open situation. The great Big Daddy Kane turned 50, and New York City radio stations don't seem to give a shit. True Romance, a movie that I had the privilege to be a part of, was released 25 years ago today. NFL Week 1 is in the books, plus plus the man, the face behind the video game NBA 2K. Ronnie 2K from NBA 2K is here to talk about the game and being a part of a multi-million dollar business. Which players take their player ratings too seriously? And Ronnie 2K is one of the first people to actually see LeBron James and his brand new Los Angeles Laker jersey. Ronnie 2K, the man, the myth. Guy's like a fucking icon. The icon of NBA 2K is here on a brand new Smash Mouth I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Let's go. MyBookie.ag If you're going to bet, it's just as important where you're betting as it is who you're betting for. When you bet your hard-earned money, you don't want any nonsense when it's time to collect your winnings. That's why I only 
bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. Week one was fantastic. It was wild, and it was even more fun because I had my money on the line. Week two, we're going to be winning over here. That's what we do with the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. My bookie has been in business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. If I could figure it out, so can you. At my bookie, you win, they pay. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, and I know there's a bunch of you, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. That's dollar for dollar. Use the promo code RAPAPORT, R-A-P. A-P-O-R-T to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Rappaport when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid at MyBookie. All right, we're back. Brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Man Dingo, a.k.a. the Human Phlegm Machine, a.k.a. Bird, a.k.a. the Jake LaMotta of podcasting. Back in New York City, I just flew in just now. Literally just landed, picked up the golden microphones. Mr. New York is back in New York, and I can't wait to get down and dirty on this brand new NFL Week 1 is in the books. NFL Week 1 is in the books. This is going to be a great, great podcast. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. There's been so much shit going on. It's been non-stop. NFL Week 1 is in the books. Serena Williams lost in a very, very controversial final at the U.S. Open, as you know, she is one of my favorite athletes. G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, is not rocking on this podcast. He'll be back later on in the week. Um, let's just get into this because uh, this, this Serena Williams, Naomi Osaka, final of the U.S. Open, took on a life of its own. It was above and beyond tennis. Um... Everybody knows what happened. Um, listen, Serena is, is she's one of my favorites, like I said. Uh, we talk about her all the time. Um, and I got to tell you, I've talked about this before. I grew up a pretty avid tennis fan because of my father, Disco Dave Rappaport, who up until about five years ago played tennis two to three, sometimes four times a week. It was a part of my life. Um, from as far as I can remember, being at tennis courts when uh, my father was uh, playing and then playing with my father, um, watching matches with my father, um, you know, Jimmy Connors, Bjorn Borg, John McEnroe, Ely Nastasi, Roscoe Tanner, Chrissy Everett, Tracy Austin, Martina, Martina Navratilova. I mean, it, it, I played tennis and all that stuff. I, I, I really, you know, uh, it's been a part of my life. Um, so I understand the world of tennis. Um, and let's not forget, tennis is an aristocratic sport. It was made 
for the enjoyment of aristocrats. It has not changed. It has not ebbed and flowed with the times. They still don't let the athletes emote. Um, it's a tight-knit box. The French Open just banned cat suits uh, from being worn by the women. Um, and there's so many different things. Serena Williams, like I said, she's one of my favorites. She is sort of responsible for letting things get out of hand. Um, unless you've been living under a fucking rock. Serena Williams was in the finals against this young girl, Naomi uh, Osaka, who's half black, half Japanese. Her father's Haitian. Um, she looks half black, half Japanese. Um, 20. Um, obviously lesser known. She's a badass herself. Uh, she came out. She was focused. Serena, she talked very openly as her idol. She grew up idolizing. She grew up watching Serena Williams at the U.S. Open. Her father actually, you know, sort of mimicked the Williams sisters' father, Richard Williams, and the way he, you know, dealt with his daughter and coached his daughter and pushed his daughter. Um, so she was like playing against her idol. She came out the first set. She was playing better than Serena was. She won the first set. The second set is when things got crazy. Now, in tennis, you are not supposed to get coached by your coaches. The coaches sit in the audience in the Serena Williams box or the Sharapova box or the whoever the fuck's box it is, and you're not supposed to coach. But they coach all the time, and the way they coach them, do hand signals, they do gestures. Sometimes they just straight up say things. So at one point, the referee warned Serena Williams that her, re her coach, who after the match, this is important, after the match, admitted that he was coaching Serena, but it's done all the time. All the coaches do it. They do hand signals. They do gestures. They do claps. They, it's like fucking like a third base uh, uh, coach. They'll do, you know, wipe the brow. It can mean, you know, attack the net, stay away from the neck, you know, change your serve, all kind of shit. It's done all the time. Everybody knows it. If you follow tennis, basically, you know it. So at one point, the referee, and Serena was down, gave her a warning um, for coaching. Now, she's obviously not coaching. Uh, the coach is coaching. It's a known thing. He gave her a warning. Serena was pissed off, and, and she, she approached the guy. You saw all this shit. You saw all this shit. This is what I want to say. As much as I love Serena Williams, she should have just let that shit go. She should have let that shit go, but she didn't let it go. She said that, you know, she wasn't a cheater, and you're saying she's a cheat. I'm a cheater. Um, then he wind up uh, taking a point away from her because she slammed her racket. Okay, it's one point. It's nothing. Now, Serena wasn't playing as well as the other girl. The girl was playing better. The guy took a point away. Serena started getting into it with the ref, you know, saying, you need to apologize. Apologize to me. He, she actually said, apologize to me right now. Matter of fact, Miles... Jordan, play the audio from the Serena Williams outburst. So whatever, she's talking her shit. She's allowed to talk her shit. She called the guy a thief. Um, and then the motherfucker took away a game. So he took away a point, then he took a, a total game away. 
And this is where I have a problem. You can't let fucking referees in football, basketball, baseball, umpires, boxing matches, golf, anything. The U.S. Open Finals is probably the biggest tennis tournament in the world, arguably. If not, it's the top three. It's New York City. You have the biggest tennis star ever. Serena Williams is a bigger tennis star than anybody. John McEnroe, Pete Sambras, anybody. She's the biggest tennis star ever. Collectively. Okay? You cannot let a fucking referee take away a game during the finals of the U.S. Open, especially not with Serena Williams, without giving her a warning. You gave her a warning, you took away a point. Fine. Serena should have held her fucking head like the champion that she is. That's where I can't defend her because she should have held her head. It's not about you're not cheating. It's not about, you know, you don't play the baby card. You don't play the woman card. You go, fuck it. I'm going to deal with this afterwards. I'm going to talk to the guy. He's never going to referee one of my matches. You have to control yourself. And this is coming from me, a person who has a lot of problems controlling himself. Okay? But I ain't Serena Williams. I love her. Documented on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. But you have to maintain. You got to hold your fucking head. It's the finals. Deal with this shit later. She didn't deal with the shit later. She, she was pissed off. She kept going at the ref. That being said, the referee should have said, Serena, stop. If you don't stop, I am going to take a game away from you. If she kept going, you say, Serena, stop. I am going to take a game away from you if you do not stop. And then I would even give her a third warning, verbally, loud, clear. Serena Williams, if you do not stop, I am going to be forced to take a game away from you. And after the third warning at the U.S. Open Finals, then you can take a game away from her. But up until that, without warning after warning after warning, she deserves it, the fan deserves it, her opponent deserves it. You don't dictate an op- a finals to the U.S. Open. The referee should have no bearing on that shit. Everybody heard what else happened. It turned into this whole thing about men versus women. And it's true. The men are allowed to say wilder shit than the women are allowed to say. In this very U.S. Open, at one point, the men do it all the time. It was scorching hot. Ten players dropped out of matches. Ten players I might be wrong. It might be even more than that. But at one point, it was up to 10 plus. Fuck it. I'm not playing in this heat. But during matches, it happens all the time. Men will take off their shirts and change shirts to put on a dry shirt because they're sweating through their shirt. At one point during the U.S. Open, this very same tournament, a woman in her sports bra, it's not sexy at all. She wasn't naked. She took off her shirt to change her sweated through shirt. She got penalized. Bullshit. The men do it all the time. At one point, uh, this Romanian player was like threatening to quit the match. And, 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 and an umpire came down off the umpire chair and was like coaxing the guy to continue to play during this U.S. Open. So it is true. There are double standards. Men have been talking shit to refs for a long time. And not getting full games taken away from them, especially in finals. It was some bullshit. Um... You know, people are putting up all these old clips from John McEnroe and Ely Nastasi, who was nuts. This guy, Ely Nastasi, I think he was Czechoslovakian. He used to 
shit on refs. He used to smoke cigarettes in between matches, curse at refs. And of course, McEnroe would do his thing. But I will say this, uh, in defense of the United States uh, uh, the Tennis Association, the reason why they start, they, they changed the rules where you can't verbally abuse the refs the way Ilya Nastasi and John McEnroe used to do is because of that. So they started saying, we're going to take a point. We're going to take away a game. I get all that. This turned into a whole race thing. Although the woman, the girl, the young girl that Serena was playing is half black and, and, and Japanese. Uh, you could clearly see that. Um, she's a beautiful uh, mix of that. Um, but then people saying, that, you know, McEnroe got away with this. This is 30 years ago McEnroe got away with it. And a lot of the clips that we're putting online were from um, exhibition matches where you could say whatever you want. It's not a tournament. They're paying John McEnroe to play Jimmy Connors, Beyond Borg, Pete Sambers, whoever. So he could do whatever the fuck he wants. And part of the reason why they'd pay John McEnroe to play in exhibition matches is so they could see him go nuts. So one of these viral clips that they keep showing of him going nuts is in a match you couldn't kick him out. People came to see the match. People came to see him play. There was no tournament. Anyway, tennis needs to fix their rules. Golf needs to fix their rules. Coaching should be allowed. Um, Shit talking should be allowed. You should be able to break your fucking racket within reason, like any sport. But you don't get an entire game taken away from you uh, in a finals. Imagine some shit like that happened in, in the finals of the NBA. That's, that's what the U.S. Open was. That being said, Serena, you got to hold your head. Too much pressure being Miss America, playing for all the women who have children. It's too much, too much pressure. No one can live up to it. The expectations are too high. Um, I still love you so much. You're still a badass ass kicker and uh you know serena will be back and this young girl naomi osaka hope i'm saying her name right i'm not fact checking she's got a bright future uh she's extremely shy the whole thing turned into a big fucking shit show and i uh and the crazy thing is the next day dochevic dokovic the who won the men's final everybody was tweeting and this and tennis this and tennis that the same people that were tweeting this and tennis this, ten, no one said a fucking word, these fair weather fans on Twitter. I, you know, listen, of course, Serena brings all sorts of people that could give two shits about tennis, but then people are sort of like tennis this, tennis that. You never watch a tennis match in your fucking life. I did with my father. Okay? I did. Jimmy Connors, Vitas Gerolitis, I saw it all. Saw it all. I am Rappaport Podcast. Speaking of Fairweather fans, <clears throat> the great Big Daddy King, iconic, influential MC from Bedford Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, 50 years old. 50 years old this week. Um, as soon as I heard that Kane was 50, I started tweeting, I started Instagramming. I was expecting tribute videos, tribute tweets, and shockingly, from all these Fairweather fans, all these so-called hipster fans, all these hip-hop aficionados, I don't see anything. But the thing that really pissed me off and, and, and just offended me was that the New York City radio stations, Hot 97 and Power 105.1, not a goddamn thing. 
I looked on their Twitter feeds. You must do something for Kane. You must at least, yo, the great big daddy Kane from New York City, from Brooklyn, turns 50 today. We're going to play a little big daddy Kane suite of some music. Nothing. New York City radio where hip hop died. These radio stations wouldn't be in business if it wasn't for guys like Big Daddy Kane. You can't shout this man out on his 50th birthday. The same bullshit happened when Rakim turned 50. What the fuck is going on? See, this is what happens when New York City radio stations don't have anybody from New York doing the big shows in the morning. This is what happens. If you had a New Yorker on there, they would have at least said, yo, we got we to stop the show. We're not playing the next Takashi 6 9 song until we shout out Big Daddy Kane from Brooklyn, New York. Here's the raw remix. Here's Set It Off. Here's Ain't No Half Stepping. Big Daddy Kane, New York City's own, Brooklyn's own, one of the most... Without Big Daddy Kane, there is no Jay-Z. Without Big Daddy Kane, there is no Jay-Z. His style is so influential. Big Daddy Kane turned 50. Tweet this man. Instagram him. Big Daddy Kane. There is no hip-hop getting this far without Big Daddy Kane. You can see the influence all over. Ask Jay-Z. He'll tell you. You don't believe me? Ask Hove himself. So happy birthday, Big Daddy Kane. Happy 50th birthday, Big Daddy Kane. Miles... Jordan, let me get a little king right here. The man at hand, the ruler, school and teacher, reach the blind to find a way from A to Z and be the most and both allowed and proud to gain the reign of the main. Yeah, King! The heat is on to feel the fire, come off the empire on a more higher level than death. One step beyond dope. The suckers all scope and hope to cope, but no. Cause I can never let them on top of me. I play them out like a game of Monopoly. Let them speed around the board like an astro. Then send them to jail for trying to pass. Go shaking them up, breaking them up, taking them stuff, but still ain't loud enough. So Mr. C, let the volume grow so I can flow. Now yo, choose cruise the family, slick rakes, a friend of me, and dungeon fresh cat care, wrestle for the enemy. Blase bar, you know who you are. The red, black, and green, the sun, moon, and star. Knowledge yourself is being torn here on after. Sing the name of myself, Lord and Master. Kanye West is done. It's finished. Finished. He's uh he's gone. He just put out a song the other day with Little Pump, some video that I think he thought was going to like stop the world. It was garbage. I don't even know the name of it. But the most disrespectful part of the whack-ass song that he put out in the whack-ass video is he has a lyric saying, I'm a sick fuck. He actually has a lyric in his song saying, I'm a sick fuck. Are you a fan of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast and not acknowledging the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast? Do you not know by stealing the term sick fuck, you automatically become the sick fuck of the week? Did anyone else not hear him say, I'm a sick fuck over and over and over in that bullshit pinball wizard okie doke song that he put out I was offended Kanye West you are a sick fuck but not because you say you are because I say you are because you stole the term sick fuck from the I am rap poor stereo podcast now of course I didn't make up the term sick fuck but the sick fuck of the week segment is a staple of the I am rap poor stereo podcast and although I did not make up the term sick fuck 
I did make up the sick fuck of the week segment. And I am probably the person who says sick fuck the most on a weekly basis because of that. So yes, you are a sick fuck, but not on your terms. I won. I win. You lose. You lose just like your new video. Trash. Whack. Hashtag sad. Hashtag uh, boom bap. Where's the boom bap? Call up Kane. Put Kane on a song. That shit you put out with little pump is trash. I am Rappaport Podcast. Young MC, Mac Miller, passed away. Talented dude. Young, 26 years old. Parent drug overdose. Um, I like that kid. He was talented. Um, I met him a couple times. Really nice. Couldn't be, couldn't be nicer. Couldn't be sweeter. Was Loved the Tribe movie. Talked to him about the Tribe movie. Um, and just sad, man. Sad that a young kid like that, the drugs, the, the drug overdose, I mean, it's crazy. So uh, salute Mac Miller and, yo, stop experimenting with these fucking drugs. Stop mixing and matching these fucking pills, the ups, the downs, the blues and the reds with the weed chaser and the vodka chaser. It, it, yo, your body is not meant for science experiments. Stop. Stop. If you're going to do that shit, do one at a time and go slow. I don't, I, but I don't, I don't uh, support any of it. Smoke your weed. Have a couple of beers and cool out. You want to drink a little bit of that brown? Drink some brown. But when you start getting into the mixing and the matching with the brown and the beers and the pills and the weed and the glues and the dabs, you're playing with fire, man. It does not work out. I know that that was an accidental death. Terrible, 26 years old. Your body is not meant for these science experiments. Uh, we didn't get to do the fantasy football follies last week. Uh, my guy Tommy G was dealing with some shit. Um, we are planning. I felt bad. We are planning on doing it this week. I know Tommy felt bad. I apologize. I know we said it a couple of times last week that we were going to do the fantasy football follies. I'm going to be fully active in fantasy football this week. I'm I'm playing 25 people for 25 bucks. 25 people for 25 bucks. We'll send out the links. You know where to find me. Fantasy football draft kings. 25 people for 25 bucks each. 25 bucks ahead. Okay. 25 bucks ahead. Um, one other thing about Big Daddy Kane and all these people like on Twitter and social media and the New York City radio stations, do you think if the lead singer of the Black Keys turned 50, he wouldn't at least trend? Do you think that if the lead singer of Coldplay turned 50, he wouldn't trend? Do you think that if this fucking guy Ed Sheeran Turned 50, he wouldn't be trending on Twitter. Do you think if any one of these rappers, little this one, little that one, when they turn 50, you don't think they'll at least trend so-and-so turns 50? Fucked up, man. That shit really offended me, man, for Big Daddy King. He deserves better. He deserves to be acknowledged. And all these so-called fans that talk shit and culture vulture and talk, like sit this shit to me. Where are you at on Big Daddy Kane's birthday? Where the fuck were you at on Rock Kim's birthday? Nowhere. 
And I get you, I know you have to be a certain age, but Joe, if you know anything about music in general, Fats Domino turned 100. He'd be Fats Domino, you'd be like, yo, fat, he would trend a little bit. John Coltrane, Miles Davis, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, when their names, when they have like, oh, it's, it would have been so-and-so's birthday today, Frank Sinatra turns 100, whoever the fuck it is, Neil Young, they would at least have a little shot on social media. Big Daddy Kane turns 50, he's alive, barely nothing. Not even from like hip-hop fans. I'm like, come on, man. And then New York City radio? I don't like doubling back on things. When, when, when I go forward on a subject, I like to leave it alone. But come on, man. Ringo Starr. Big Daddy Kane is our Ringo Starr. Big Daddy Kane is Jimi Hendrix. Big Daddy Kane is Neil Young. He should be trending on his fucking 50th birthday. Because God forbid when these guys pass and everybody's throwing up murals and all that other dumb shit. Celebrate these guys when they're around. Uh, but back to the NFL. Um, 25 games for at least 25 bucks each. I'm going to send out the uh, the links as it gets later in the week. And we're going to do our very, very best uh, to put out a fantasy football follies for week two with uh, Tommy Guns, the gunner, a.k.a. the gunslinger. Um... NFL, shit, man. What can I, yo, I'm going to say this right now. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but the Patriots will be in the Super Bowl. Barring injury. Every season, we we start the season by going, will Tom Brady still have it? Will this be the year that he completely falls off a cliff? Well, based on week one of 2018-2019 season, uh, no, he's not even on the cliff. He hasn't even driven up the mountain yet. First quarter, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. I mean, it's like fucking clockwork. Uh, they, they played the Texans who were spotty. My guy, Deshaun, looked like, looked like shit. Okay. Um, Khalil Mack, they're saying probably had the best half that any defensive player ever had in a game. Chicago played Green Bay. Khalil Mack was completely upstaged because Aaron Rodgers uh, wasn't playing good. He got injured, was carted off the, uh, the field, came back, threw three touchdowns in very dramatic fashion and did what Aaron Rodgers does. He didn't fall off a cliff. And Khalil Mack is worth every single penny that he wanted to get from Oakland but had to get from Chicago Impact defensive player. Um, my guy, Brandon Marshall. Yo, look to pick up Brandon Marshall as a wide receiver three. He looked good. He was moving around, scored a touchdown, had about 14 points in fantasy football. Brandon Marshall is a Seattle Seahawk. Look to pick him up off of waivers. He was completely ignored by everybody, including myself. During draft season, do not sleep on Brandon Marshall. Chris Thompson is a fucking savage. Redskins running back. Saquon Barkley had a great, he had a very good first day. The Giants, that was frustrating. 
And Andy Reid seems to hate Kareem Hunt. Andy Reid, you fuck you. What is your fucking problem with Kareem Hunt? The guy had a great first season, and then all of a sudden, because of his greatness, you stopped giving him the ball. Fuck your tricks. I love Tyreek the Freak, okay? But you need to feed Kareem Hunt. What's your fucking problem with Kareem Hunt, Andy Reid? Huh? I don't know if you got a mustache anymore or not, but you need to give the ball to Kareem Hunt. He's the first round pick for a lot of us. Fuck this uh, running back touchdown by committee. Fake this, fake that. Feed Kareem Hunt. I'll be on your ass all year, you fat fuck. Andy Reid, you. You understand me? I will be on your fucking ass all season long. You're two clicks away from getting a fucking video rant. Next week, you better feed Kareem Hunt, you fat fuck you. But it was a very good week one. Uh, by the way, tonight, if you're listening to this today, uh, September 11th, psh, September 11th, man, it's crazy. If you're listening to this today, um, I will be on the Colbert show, uh, you know, with Stephen Colbert wearing the exact same suit that I wore the last time I was on the Stephen Colbert show around the same time last year. Um, I plan on bringing the noise. I plan on uh, bringing the noise um, curse-free. They beeped me, censored me last year. They told me to get rugged. They told me to get raw. Then they, 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 cut, they cut a lot of my shit. But this year, I'm going to play it smarter. They want me to go full, uh, full dingo. I'll give it to him full thing. I'm going to be on uh, Colbert uh, the 11th um, promoting Atypical. I know a lot of listeners of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast have watched Atypical. I get all the DMs, all the social media, all the Facebook, although I am suspended. I still got my messages. The fuck? I'm suspended off of Facebook. I got about 21 more days in the hole. Um, but all the Instagram, all the Twitter, I appreciate it. If you haven't watched it, I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, don't be disappointed when I don't go full dingo. It's a more calm, reserved character, but I think you'll love the show. I'm very proud of it. Um, and you'll see me sniffing around the, uh, the press tour uh, coming up. Um, it's crazy. 25 years ago, November 10th, somebody uh, brought that to me. I'm not one of these people that likes like, oh, 22nd anniversary. Oh, this happened 17 years ago. But 25 years ago, the movie True Romance came out. And somebody uh, posted a clip of video from 1993 at the premiere of True Romance, like a minute long clip. And you could see me in the clip. I'm, I'm like the only one who like can't sit still. I was so hyped to be there. I had never been to, I had never been in a movie that big. And we had a premiere, it was in Hollywood. There were celebrities there. The cast was there. There were other celebrities there. There was so much hype around uh, uh, True Romance and Quentin Tarantino and Tony Scott and the cast and Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette and Brad Pitt and everybody. And, and when I saw that clip that got posted, I was just like, damn, 25 fucking years ago. Um, you know, I talk about that movie a lot. It was everything um, that it, you know, you would imagine it would be. Um, and the fact that people still... Uh, uh, love that movie and talk about that movie and celebrate that movie is is uh, uh, it's not surprising because there was so much I don't know working in its favor when we were making it 
but it's definitely something that I, I really appreciate and uh, you know, hope I get to make some uh, other films that last the test of time like True Romance. Uh, but it's crazy that it was 25 years ago. Alex Jones, you fuck. Huh. He's shutting you. You did something wrong, asshole. This isn't a conspiracy by the left wing and the Dems. You did something wrong. You made defamatory, discriminatory, mean-spirited comments, you fuck. And now Apple shut you down, you fuck. Good. Good. That's what you get. I have no problem with them shutting them down. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Apple. Shut that piece of shit down. Shut them down for good. I got no problem with it at all. Uh, and before we get to Ronnie 2K, Ronnie 2K is the guy. Guy's like a, a cult figure in the video game world. Ronnie 2K from NBA 2K is coming up on the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. We're talking about uh, players that got upset with him, about their player rankings. I mean, he's all immersed in the NBA and hip-hop and music and all that shit and he just it literally i saw him at an event in new york and it was like kids were like bowing down to him they're freaking out for him he's the face of nba 2k which is a multi multi million dollar video game and if you haven't uh played nba 2019 which is going in the next season i'm in the game you'll see me the gringo mandingo pop up in the fucking game okay i'm a coach crazy talked about the way i look in the game which is weird i look weird this nike thing is still going and i think we have one of the craziest crackers in the world one of the craziest crackers in the world the mayor of it's a city in louisiana called kenner k-e-n-n-e-r a guy named benzon z-a-h-n he's a white guy with absolutely no lips the craziest cracker of 2018, maybe? Definitely top five craziest crackers of 2018. He has banned Kenner Recreation Program. So let's say like boys clubs, YMCAs, local football clubs from buying, from buying Nike products. In the town, the city of Kenner, Louisiana, this freak is so upset by the Kaepernick, Nike, just do it ads that he's banning Nike from being worn and purchased. Not worn, being purchased in the facilities of Kenner. This guy's fucking nuts. And he's a mayor of a city in the United States. Do you know that when you got guys like that as mayors of cities in the United States, it makes me think I, I should seriously think about running for some sort of office. Because if I had some good people around me, sound like Trump, get the best people, I, I think I could do a better job than this fucking lunatic. Benzon? Take this fucking guy. He shouldn't be the mayor of anything. He shouldn't be. This is insane. People are. Yo, like I said the other day, usually with the news cycle today, 24 hours, 36 hours. At the most, 72 hours, a story, they, they happen so fast. That's why we're able to boom, 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 I am Rapport Stereo Pockets. There's so much shit going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Not Nike and Kaepernick. It goes right to the soul, to the guts. 
of the racist in America. This has nothing to do with flag, not flag. Bullshit. You can't bullshit a bullshitter. This is, just say it. You don't want any black people kneeling in front of the flag. How dare these black people kneel in front of these flags? How dare they have the audacity to have a thought of their own? That's what this fucking Kaepernick thing is about. I don't give a shit about what anybody else is saying. That's the heart and the crust of it. Why are these black people kneeling? How dare they have the audacity to even have a thought of their own? They're lucky to even be making money in this country. This is what these crazy motherfuckers think. Period. There's nothing to do with respecting the flag or any of that shit. Because if people were kneeling because of all the homelessness in the United States, no one would say shit. If people were kneeling because of all the the amount of stray cats and stray dogs, no one would say shit. No one would say a fucking thing if they were kneeling because of the lack of funds for public education system in the United States. No one would say shit. And we all know it. All right, listen, I'm in New York. Okay, I'm here. Here in New York. Back in New York. Mr. New York is back in New York. Coming up next, guest... I am Rapport Stereo Podcast, NBA 2K. How do you go from being a regular Joe Schmo at NBA 2K to the face of NBA 2K with over a million Instagram, with over a million Twitter followers, with a Rolodex, with every single all-star in the NBA? Find all that and more from my man Ronnie 2K coming up next on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. The I Am Rappaport app is available now on Apple and Android platforms. Sign up for premium access to our Wednesday primetime and emergency episodes. The I Am Rappaport archives, exclusive video, and whatever the fuck we feel like throwing up there. Enter the land of disruption. Download the I Am Rappaport app today. All right, all right, all right. It is time... The I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast with my man, Ronnie 2K. I don't even know your last name. I don't need to know your last name. No Ronnie, one knows the last name. No one needs to know. No one it's wants fine. to know. <laughs> You've sort of taken on a cult figure. Like, you, you have a cultish, like, when I saw you in New York at the, at the event, like, when you walk through the room and there's, like, gamer people or even, like, the ball players, like, it's like the tide of the room changes. So my first question is, who is Ronnie 2K? How did you become Ronnie 2K? And when did, like, like what do you do at 2K? That's his first question. I'm like, still trying to figure that out. No, um, I have been at 2K for over 10 years. It is such a great company to work for. So much fun. And, you know, as the NBA has grown and at, our video game has just skyrocketed. You know, like when I first started, we were selling right around a million units. Uh, a couple months ago, we announced that we had hit 10 million for 2K18. Wow. And I mean, like cumulative, like based on multiple years of selling our game, we're one of the biggest game, video games on the planet. And that's pretty amazing considering a sports annualized game. And we continue to grow every single year. A lot of a lot of games that are sports, like they kind of flatline because how are you going to sell somebody on a new story um, and try to get them to purchase it year over year? And we've just kind of done a remarkable job on that. Our, our development team pushes the envelope. They see all of these things that are... 
uh, impressive and they want to continue to push. As far as I go, you know, like I started before I worked at 2K, I was just a huge fan of the game. Like I was just like you could play anybody else. Like I, uh, 2K5, I was in the top 10 of the leaderboards. Like that was how I started. I got hired to be a forum person. This is back before. So to, you and I were just talking about Twitter. 2008 was when I started. 2007 was the beginning of Twitter. Okay. Right? So like there was no social media really. Right. You still needed a Facebook, uh, a college ID to be, a face, to be on Facebook. Um, so as social media grew, we saw a, a kind of a need to develop that. The NBA has done such a tremendous job in, in social media, so we've needed to do a, a tremendous job. So I kind of um, oversaw that department and what we're doing on social and digital marketing. And then this role kind of just happened, you know, like I, I was the age of a lot of these basketball players coming up. I related with them on so many levels, cars, girls, clothes, you know, like, and I think it just kind of naturally happened. There was a kind of a breakthrough moment when we had uh, Michael Jordan on our cover for NBA 2K11. All of a sudden, we had celebrities at our party, and it was like, whoa, what, what is going on? And then was, when he yeah. was, did he bring in the celebrities? Uh, yeah, I mean, but having a guy of that magnitude, he is the GOAT, right? Um, he... Everybody just had to come to that event. All of a sudden, we had celebs. And everybody's like, we need to get content. What is content, right? Like, back then, you know, everybody was trying to get content. And so they, I, they're like, here, Ronnie, take a microphone. Go interview these guys. You're probably closest with them. And from there, it's just every single year, we've had more. We've vested more and more in culture, which has allowed me to be a big part of that and, and kind of push the envelope uh, culturally as well. Okay. And was that a good? Was that's that a good? That's long good. summary. Now, now, so what would you say? I mean, you do a bunch of things. Like now, in 2018, yep. the the twentieth game just came out, 2K19. Yes. So for your ten years at the company, if you had to say what you do now, what do you do now at 2K? Like, I mean, I know yeah. it's a hard answer because you don't just do like, oh, I do this. Like, what, what, is your, what is your role at 2K? There are a million things. No, that's a really fair question. There are a million things that I'm, I'm part of working with our great marketing team. But I would say that I'm most responsible for working with influencers and being an influencer myself. Okay. So, and, and that world, right? Like being at those events with those guys, getting them to think about 2K by thinking about working with me, that's such a, a big part of it. Like having these influencers talk about our product to get bigger and better influencers, that's sort of what I'm kind of masterminding right now. Okay. And then when you say influencers, yeah. who else are influencers? Besides like LeBron James and like certain NBA players are obviously these, they're, they're stars. But that's beyond an influencer. Yeah. They're stars. Who are who are some other influencers? You're an influencer. I'm an influencer. Okay. No, but you understand the reason I actually point out you is because in the basketball world, the people that are talking basketball, that when you think of basketball, you immediately kind of mentally go towards them. You know, like we had we scanned Travis Scott, Quavo, and Lil Yachty. Why did we scan those guys? It was because they had such like. Quavo, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 21 Savage and Lil Yachty bet on a game of 2K. Uh, they bet like $18,000 and one of them lost. On, on a 2K one game, game. One game of 2K18, right? Playing against each other. Playing against each other. Um, Who won? Uh, I believe 21 Savage won because there was this huge article about it. Then, you know, like Drake and Murder Beats, right? Murder Beats uh, produces all of these guys. Why do we work with him? They made Nice For What, that the number one song of the summer, 
playing 2K. There was huge articles. Like that's actually how they curated that that song. Um, that's what we think of as an influencer. Where and then who are, who are some other lesser known but big influencers besides like again these guys are stars like you know like this person or that person like this person on Twitter or that person like who are like who are some of these other people like if you say your top three people that are not stars but they are influencers yeah. that have like a voice specifically in 2K. Yeah, I, we have some great YouTubers, that, and even those guys have kind of grown. Like when right. we when we first started doing it, a guy like Chris Move, Chris London. Now they're NBA influencers, but they started at 2K. Um, you know, they had a ten to a hundred thousand followers. Now they have over four and a half million, both of them, and it's unbelievable. They've had that. They all they did was play my career and narrate it with some personality. And people, kids started watching it. You know, like uh, Chris Moo visited us right around the time that you were in the office last. And I took him to In-N-Out and both of us were getting swarmed. And this kid, this, Did you ever this imagine? guy didn't even want to be on YouTube. Like, he didn't want his face on YouTube. He just wanted his voice on YouTube. And now he's he, he, like when he's playing a game. Yeah. That's so he's narrating his career. He never put his face on there. The only reason he ever put his face on there is because I, I believe his PlayStation wanted him to do a, a gig with James Harden. Uh -huh. like, like they, they were like, of all the people in the world that we could put uh, in there, we're going to have you and James Harden play. Right. That's putting him on that same platform. Is, I got is you. Kind of, it's kind of amazing. We're trying to do that the same. This whole influencer thing where we've scanned guys like you, yeah. but also guys like Yachty, but then, then Chris Move and th these different sects of the industry, uh -huh. um, it's because we feel like somebody is going to relate with each of those buckets and influencers love talking about themselves. So for them to get the opportunity to talk about themselves in 2K is great for us. I got you. Did you, did you ever imagine like you say you like like that you'd become a celebrity from this like in your in your wildest dreams like when you're like just into the game and like ten years ago and now like I say like you know when I was at this party and like you know Instagram like you know that did you ever think that this I mean with social media it's like everybody could sort of have some sort of celebrity but did you ever like think like this is what it was going to turn out to be no chance no chance at all. Um but, you know, like as I, became, you know, invested myself in NBA events, went to a lot of basketball games, went to um, kind of these events with a lot of NBA players and they started de designating me, um, it, it sort of was natural. I definitely didn't see it, but I definitely did see the growth of our brand because I always saw a quality, quality game that was so innovative in, in, in a way that other games weren't. To be the face of it is such a blessing, but at the same time, just all the all the work that's gone into that kind of that that growth, it's just tremendous. And I think you know, like it's cool that people associate me with it. The very next day at that event, all of a sudden, you know, I have this Instagram video of of me walking into our event. Right, area, I, that's what I saw it. And people lose like there was this line to get in, and it didn't matter whether you were the first person in line or the five hundredth person in line. All of a sudden, that line just deconstructed, and they just kind of converged on me. It was really mind blowing to a, a lot of the people in our office. But I am recognized like multiple times a day, and I I never in my wildest dreams thought that would happen. Do, are you a nerd? Like, yeah, like, sort of, because like now <laughs> yes. you're like the, the, the people that work at the game are like stereotypically nerds, but now like you're like Ronnie 2K. So you're like the cool I'm the 2K cool nerd. nerd. Yep. 
No, I'm so that's you know so what funny. I'm saying? Well, you were up there at Novato and working with the guys that put the, work at motion capture, and they're so smart, but they are so nerdy as well. Oh yeah, it's nerded like, out. It's it's totally nerded out. But the technology is amazing, and it, like it allows us to do such crazy stuff. I I'm an extrovert introvert. I can totally turn it on. Like, look, I go clubbing with these guys, mm-hmm. all these NBA players and celebrities and stuff, and I'm a, I'm this one character. But I really like sitting at home and doing nothing as well, and just playing 2K. So like, I, I I'm able to be both. I think that the funny thing about the position that I'm in is it it's a very weird skill set. You gotta like be in control. You gotta be passionate, but not overly passionate to the point where you're gonna spout off and say something dumb. I mean, when I have that platform and I am the face of 2K, there are so many things I could do that would be bad that I've just mostly avoided you know you, are like, you afraid that like by, one by tweet putting and it it's in over. right one tweet, <laughs> one and, tweet it's, and it's over right in this day and age one tweet and it's over i mean there's so many things you can do it's a, the political climate that we live in right i, I don't touch politics and look to be it's honest smart. I'm, not, I'm not even interested in politics but but you're better off not the, but there are so many people that could have my exact same skill set but then also be passionate about politics and that guy's gone that guy would not have have lasted you know so it takes a very very unique set of skills um, and it also takes a heck of a lot of work. Like I am always on the road. I'm always trying to figure out ways to sift us into other conversations. Like here's uh-huh. the thing. The biggest thing about our product is there's only so many basketball fans in America, right? Like we are going to reach that cap. That's inevitable. But international growth is huge. So, you know, I was in Greece. Uh, we introduced Giannis in Greece, mm. in his hometown this year. It was a, that wasn't an accident. It was because we're trying to develop a market there. And then a lot of my focus now is in fashion, hip music, culture. Um, I'm trying to extend beyond the, the we this year we talked about greater than 94 by 50. 94 by 50 is of course the dimensions of a basketball court. That was kind of the lens that we tried to put everything in this year, um, and it was about working with fashion guys and scanning them in. We have this very cool thing coming up. I can't talk about it very much right now. But Come on, talk about with, it with a fashion guy that's going to introduce um, some shoes that are going to be the rage of. December and he's going to do it digitally through our game for the first time. So the the shoes will be in the game. Yep. Fashion with like the the, the NBA is like a runway show. Like guys like show up to the game knowing they're going to get photographed. Yep. You know they have competitions within themselves uh, against themselves. Who's the craziest dresser? Who's the best dresser? Who's the weirdest dresser? Whatever the hell's going on. They're all working on their personal brands. Right. Yeah. And tattoos. So. When did ta- my two twofold question? When did tattoos have to seriously be taken seriously in two K? Like dudes take their tattoos seriously. You show Dude, I, I, they they want the tattoos detailed in. The, like when did you like this have to like become like part of the game? I have a funny story about that. Uh, there are so many players that show up to get scanned. So we do it. We we take that scan rig, the the thing that you walked in with all the one hundred and forty four DSLR cameras. We take that on the road. And right. we're, we're getting second year guys, guys that we haven't we've missed, and then mostly the rookies because, and we also do it at summer league and some places where the rookies are. Um, but there's so many times where a guy will get scanned and the next day be like text me or DM me and say, "Hey man, I got scanned yesterday, but I just got a new tattoo or I just got a new haircut," and I'm like, 
I lose my mind. I'm like, we just like spent so much time investing in your look and you just changed it. And he's like, well, I changed it because I wanted it to be in 2K. Like that's what they're thinking about. You know, like they're getting tattoos to time it with with being in there because everybody wants to stand out. You know, we have the, the neighborhood feature, which is our open world thing. And it's become so much not about basketball. Like now there's, you know, we have dodgeball and all these events. But the bigger thing is what people wear and what people right. look like. It's about standing out in that mode. I mean, I, our tagline is they will know your name. And, and that could not be more true. Everybody wants to like define themselves and l- look kind of crazy. And that's what separates. And that's what the NBA players are doing. That's where they're getting it from. Do they, do they get to have say like, yo, I want to be wearing this. I want to be wearing that. And like do, if they're wearing a Supreme shirt, yeah. do you have to clear it? Like what, what is the sort of process uh, in terms of – their say what what they have say and then like 2k going to like like what is the clearance process well obviously you have to clear music and all that stuff yep but with sneakers and you know designer shirts is that a whole thing too no we have clearances there we have to um make sure that everything's a basketball shoe so like previously you know we had uh we wanted to put yeezys in the game there is no yeezy basketball shoe i think there will be based on kanye's little teasing of us the okay. past few weeks but we can't put yeezys on the court we you know we can put them in like neighborhood type experiences same with clothes you know we do physical drops you know i just signed don c as one of the influencers we'll probably put his clothes in the game in the, in the coming months but we also want that phenomenon of limited runs right so this weekend for example we're releasing short shorts and like this is the only weekend you can get them when uh, what do you mean in the game in the game if you miss this weekend you're sol like you're you're not going to be able to get them we do these drops all the time with the designers we have some things planned um where it's a limited run it's just like look if i go on saturdays the sneakers app it's got the the newest off-whites right if you miss them you're out of luck, and we're trying to kind of be authentic and create I got that you. demand. But it's digital, which is kind of silly as well. Like we could make a million digital items. But I got you. We want that urgency. We want people to literally think that they have to be in our game all the time. And they literally—is it true? Like if they don't get the whatever drops, no more. That's it. That's gone. Who? What players are the most uh, particular about? Ronnie, you got to put this. You got to put that. Get like like what, what? What are the guys that you've dealt with that are like really? caring about i'm sure there's a bunch of who would be your top five last year i had over 200 people like think about think about what other brand could do this we had 214 nba players put out their rating by asking for so the mechanism we do it is i i do a call out hey nba player if you want your rating come dm me i'll give you a screenshot with your rating last year we had 214 players do that that's damn near half the league it's incredible. There's no other brand that could kind of facilitate that uh, thing. And then all of those guys, as soon as I send them their screen, they're like, oh, I just got this new tattoo or I just got this new hair. When I say it's literally everyone, they really, really care. You know, I, was, I had Deon, uh, DeAndre Aiden, the number one uh, NBA draft pick this past summer on my stream on Thursday night. And he was like, honestly, uh, being in 2K is just as big as being in the league. Right. That he he said that on the broadcast, which is so authentic, but at the same time I'm like, Are you crazy? Like it's part of it's the dream video, almost now. No, it's 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 you grow up dreaming NBA two K. It's one A and one B. That's what it is. And then I thought about it a little bit more and I'm like I realized I'm like, the kids about to turn twenty, 
this is our 20th anniversary. His whole life. He's he doesn't know anything different. He doesn't know anything better, right? So it's, it's wild, like some of these stories that, that we hear. Now, now, your phone. Out of the 24 All-Stars, do you have all these people's numbers on your phone? I have at least 18 of them. At least? Who are the other four? You could get it. Can you get in touch uh, with them like that? The, some of the oldest. Oh yeah, for sure. You should see who's texting me in the last week. And it's not just NBA players. It's also the who's who of Hollywood and and uh, hip hop. Like today, for sure. That's crazy. T- today, I've had Travis Scott call me, Quavo call me. Uh, who else? I, I mean, I had K- KD call me like four times yesterday. What, what, what did KD want? He's K- a friend. He's a friend of the Iron yeah, Rapport Stereo Pod. He loves you. He, That's uh, my guy. He wanted VC. He, he didn't. For some reason, his shipment didn't show up. His postal shipment. So like, he wanted codes, and then he wanted his head in the neighborhood. It's un, like it's really pretty wild. So okay, just today I've been texted by Caleb from Stranger Things, uh-huh. Boy Wanda, Quavo. Uh, Lil Yachty, Harrison Barnes, DeAndre Aiden, Shiggy Show, Chris Brickley, Travis Scott, Ryan Hollins, Paul George. This is just today. Yo, fuck Adrian Wojciechowski. <laughs> like, you could seriously, like, start, like, a whole, like, trading, your knee hurts. You know, I had a lot of insight into the Kyrie situation last year. I, I knew things that... You wouldn't believe. I mean, again, a lot of this whole thing only operates because you know they trust me and stuff like that. But um, it 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 is pretty wild. Like some of the stories and some of the things. And sometimes you hear things in the media, and you're just like, "That is complete BS." I know it's BS, but um, yeah, I, you know, there's very few people that have this cross section of of context. And I, I'm super lucky that that I have that, but it's also been you know come out of friendships and nurturing the relationship and and doing all of that. Um, the player ratings. This is something that like Twitter all the time, Instagram. How does the player ratings? How how do they get attributed? Is that yeah. the right word? How do they get distributed? How do they get figured out? Okay, so I don't do that. Which is the biggest thing. Like, I don't actually work on the ratings at all. I I can definitely offer some advice to the guys that do. And I like usually what happens is an NBA player will build up a case and be like, "Look, I had this free throw percentage. I I just dealt with this with Andre Drummond. He's like, my free throw percentage went up a ton last year, and it did. He was right. And he's like, I think my rating should be better in that attribute, which would make my rating better overall. And he was right. So you know, we, we did we did some tweaking. Um, but day to day, I mean, there's 400, we dynamically change it every single day. So but, it's a massive, massive task. But, but when it comes out, like yeah. when, when they announce it, like all summer, it's yeah. been this one, that yeah. one, LeBron's, yeah. Russell Westbrook, you know, Kuzma, uh, you know, I, I, there was a few people that were like, you know, what, how does it, is it all stat driven? Is there, is so it, there's, there's about, I think it's like 31 mini attributes and it's both tangible and non-tangible things, but they're all based on reality, right? So there's like mental IQ, there's mental how stuff. How do you define that? Uh, I mean, I think it's a lot over the reputation and some of that time. It's not fluffy, but at the same time, like, what are you doing IQ wise on the court? Um, I, I was about to take a shot at someone I'm not going to do <laughs> Right, off the, on the court and uh, off the let's court. Let's just say game one of the NBA Finals, uh, somebody's IQ rating at the end of that game was uh, was not great. Has J.R. Smith, did his, did his thing go down dramatically? I'm sure it did that day. Like, that was just a gaffe. And I love J.R. I know, I know him really well. Actually, he, he uh, texted me yesterday about Pro-Am. 
Um, he's just such a great guy. And, and like, that was just one of those things. I'm totally, I actually get where he was coming from, but on TV, man, that looked bad. I mean, it, that took on a life of its own. It, it did. I mean, Were you at that memes, game? I was at that game. Do you have courtside seats at Golden State? No, I don't. And I should. If anybody from Golden State's listening, they should give me those. But you have hookups, though. No, I mean, I have season tickets. So I love basketball. I actually buy my own season tickets. I know it's very hard to believe. For, for Golden State? For Golden State. I mean, they're but my local courties? team. You're not on the court? No. I thought I saw you on the court. I'm a few, well, yeah, that one that one day. I do a lot of stuff for them promotionally. Like uh, that night that I saw you. Yeah, I we got to get you on the court, man. I, uh, we got to fix that. But I was doing something for Make-A-Wish the night that I saw oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so they, I mean, their staff is world-class. Like their organization's world-class, which is why they're doing so well. All right. No, but the, the, let's the, work on that, though. If you can help me out with yeah, that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I just want to like come to a game or two, maybe three. Um, so but the player ratings, who else was like, yo, well, you saw yo. Kuzma's reaction. You brought that up. right? That was true, right? He, oh, he looked upset and he was really upset. You know what's funny? Um, Blake Griffin uh, wrote like um, tw- uh, when I gave him his rating, he just sent me a DM question mark. And then he went out on Twitter and he said dot, dot, dot. And he put out the rating since then. And this is what people don't see that, but I see it. Every like people fans post pictures of him versus Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has been the icon, the poster boy of wrong rating. Like everybody's after Jason Tatum. Why? His rating's in eighty-seven, and everybody's like, the second year guys are tough because all three of the rookies, the rookie of the year candidates, Simmons, Mitchell, and and Tatum got an eighty-seven, and so all the veterans are like, what the heck? We've been doing this for years. You know, you got to put us at that level. And then all the young guys are like, wow, that happened really fast, right? So that Tatum has been especially controversial because his season stats, I think he averaged 13.8 or something like that. His numbers were not that great, but he had a heck of a playoffs. And he, he had the ascent, you know, late in the, in the season. He got more minutes, and that's why his rating's so high. But every picture that there was a lot of them. Blake Griffin versus Jason Tatum. Blake Griffin's an 86. Jason Tatum's an 87. I think Blake averaged 21.6 or something like that. He liked every picture that was like, why does Kuzma have a better rating? And I'm like, dude, you're Blake Griffin. Why do you care so much? But they do. It's like it's another badge of honor. I I really think that some of these guys equate it to like an all NBA team or no, right. I, I I know that sounds wild. No, I, I make But they sense. legitimately do. They seriously care. They seriously care. And to a level that's probably <laughs> completely unhealthy. But, you know, and the, the funniest thing is, you know what? You want a better rating? It's dynamic. Go ball up. Like, so it, 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 so as oh, the season yeah. goes, it changes. The first day of the season, if somebody has a huge game, I mean, we don't change it that fast. We want a little bit of a sample size, but like it changes very rapidly and often it's dynamic. It's every, It can change every day. Who's the top top five players rated now, as of now? Yeah, it's uh, LeBron's number one, KD's number two, uh, I think it goes Harden, number three, and then it's Westbrook, and who's the last one? Steph? I don't... I Giannis? think Steph is sixth. And Giannis is a 94, Steph is a 95... I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Oh, Kawhi. Okay. Yeah, that one was tough because because obviously he missed. We don't know what we're going to get with him. We don't. I mean, is he going to be happy? Is he going to be healthy? Like, we have no idea. But Happy, healthy, hammy. The, <laughs> happy, exactly. healthy, hammy. The three H's. Yeah, we got to have all three H's for him to have a monster year. But, I mean, the guy is super talented, and let's hope, you know, 
Well, he's very clearly wants to be in a certain city, and we're happening to sit in it. So yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let me. These are questions that I got from uh, uh, the fans. Um, some of them we we answered. Uh, what what play, what athlete got the most mad at his player rating this year? Just in over your time at two K, whether you dealt with them or not. Like, what athlete you know was like really like it was like memorable? How upset and frustrated they were. Well, with. last year. Um, John Wall, and this is just this story never ends. Like, so I gave him his rating. Okay, so me and John were buddies. Like we, like we'd see each other at parties all the time, dab each other up. We were good friends. Like, and uh, I sent him his rating last summer. He was, I believe, an eighty nine. I believe he was an eighty nine, which is a great rating. Like, I think there were eleven uh, nineties last year. Okay, so that puts him in the top fifteen for sure. And that's about right, right? Like, yeah, you don't. I don't know if you put John Wall's top ten. I know he's close. No, he's close. But he's. I don't. I don't know if you put him in the very top ten. So anyway, he was so upset, and he tweeted, "You know, you a joke." Like he just tweeted that, and it got picked up by everybody. And then there was another chapter that involved a porn star. I won't get into that. Um, and then he. Like so, I had courtside. My only courtside experience at a Warriors game last year. Of course, was against the Wizards. I'm sitting there. He knew the guy that's literally sitting next to me. Came and dabbed him up and pretended I wasn't even there. And he's he's blocked me on Twitter. Are you, he blocked you oh, on yeah. Twitter? And like literally, I didn't do anything besides besides give him his rating. What's his rating now? Uh, I think he's right around the same rating. He's an 87, 88, something like that. You got to step it up. I mean, John Wall's dope, but like the Wizards, you know, they got to... They- I mean, it's a part of it's about the team. Look, they're all comparing each other. The problem is the ratings thing, they can, they don't handle it right. The issue is they all compare their, their number to another person's number. Right. And they always compare it to the most contentious person. So last year, the most contentious person was Carl Anthony Towns. He had a 91. Right. So John Wall's like, am I really worse than Carl Anthony Towns? But then Kyrie was an 89 too. So mm. like, you know, it's a bunch of statistics and you just got to take your rating. We're not puffing it at all. You know, just because you're going to be mad doesn't mean that we're going to change it. It is what it is, and some people just handle it better than others. What are some of the most uh, uh, crazy, possibly scary stories you've heard from obsessed fans? Not not players, like fans, like like where, or where you were just like, "Yo, this guy deserves a free game." They love the game. Um, so I, we had a kid. Uh, we have this my two mode. I'm sure you're aware of it. And there's this um, the ultra rare card is called a pink diamond, and one of these kids like was on Twitch and I kind of just surprised him and it showed up in the Twitch stream and he's like, you know, tomorrow I'm thinking about proposing to my girlfriend, all this stuff. And I was like, um I was like, oh you should, you know, you're a big 2K fan. I always watch your streams. You should you should record that. You know what the kid did? He took the girl up to a mountain, <laughs> opened up this ring, and it was a pink diamond card. I was like Oh my God! Why is this girl saying yes to you? That's right. a terrible thing You've to do. You've taken it too far. You've taken it too far. Your obsession. And he recorded this whole thing. It's it's on on YouTube, and uh, it's, I think it's got like a few hundred thousand views. Our fans are crazy in such a good way, but like sometimes, like the passion for this game, you know, it's just taken to another level. What is the thing that they complain about the most that you have no say, no doing about? The servers. What? Is, no. What is it? The, the servers. servers. 
I don't have nothing to do with development at all. Uh, you know, like I'm my job at 2K began and still is to be the biggest fan of the game at 2K, which also includes you know getting feedback from the fans issues that we have and relaying it to the team and thinking about how we can be better next year or, or even that year um but you know we, we there was a, a few years ago as our game grew faster than i think any of us fathomed we had online issues it was years ago we've completely rebuilt that system but for a few years it was a trouble spot because we had grown so tremendously fast um and you know i always got there was a hashtag blame Ronnie like that was literally a hashtag and uh but I have nothing to do with any of the development stuff I'm obviously a contributor and the de- development team and I have such a great chemistry who, who can you throw under the bus at your I'm company not throwing anybody like is there bus. another person like 2k Jack or 2k Frank or 2k Mike or or 2k Alfie no, you're like just fucking tweet t- t- tweet them blame, leave me blame, alone blame 2k Alfie okay no. bl- <laughs> all right um what, how long does it take? We're in 2K19 now. Yeah. How deep into 2K20, which will be the 21st game, are yeah. you now? Like, well, how far in advance do you have to play? We've already started working on it. Like, most games, bare minimum, even annualized titles, take 14, 15 months to develop. Because, and, and especially at the pace that we go, and our, again, our, I know I keep complimenting them, but our development team in the summer, literally, and you saw some of this. 20 hours a day, seven days a week, they sleep at the office. They are grinding all summer long, but they're working now on 20 already. I mean, all this art design, it doesn't just miraculously happen. It's definitely put in, you know, designed in the brains of some exceptional people, and that takes time. Um, So it's already begun. Obviously, we're still, you know, making tweaks and fixing 19 on the fly as well. Uh, But we're already you know thinking about 20 we have some very very aggressive plans especially with our career mode um give me so. something ronnie give me give me one one of these plans that send send Look, the gamers think, uh, no, into, in you. a free fall i think we had a, i think we learned a lot from this year you know like the neighborhood last year was a um the open world the first time we did an open world right and all these guys are living in a town together and this year we added a lot more elements that were outside of basketball I think next year you'll see like even more kind of integration into the story stuff, which you were such a big part mm-hmm. of it as as um, one of the actors. I just think that that's going to live together a little bit bigger and better. Uh, but again, it's so early that uh, specifically it's very tough to talk about. But just conceptually, I think you're just going to see a lot more connection there. And and then at what point like do you start deciding deciding covers? Like obviously LeBron this year is a no brainer. You know, like how I mean, did, no, how did I, actually let's talk about that for a second. LeBron, I mean, look, we could you could put him on the cover every year for the last 20, 18 years, sixteen years, 16 literally. Years, sorry, every year we could have put him on the cover. What a like, what a masterful stroke to do it this year. I mean, the guy. When did it get decided? Was it after so, the playoffs? No, 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 no. We have to kind of think about that stuff, like even before the all-star game, which is tough for us because look, there's a lot of production stuff that goes into making a cover and getting it at retail and all that stuff. There's a lot of planning that it's video games is a very, very, very big business. You know, like the, the revenue it's, it's wild how much money is involved that our partners, partnerships, everything that's involved in it, the PR of it. Um, so there's a lot of very that's 400 people that work for us. Even though I'm the face and I get all the praise and and the complaints, you know I work with some exceptional people. But to to talk about LeBron specifically, like 
how I mean, shut up and dribble. All the stuff, all the stuff that he's been involved in with the production, you know, things, and it's. I mean, there could not have been a better year in the last ten years of LeBron's career than this year to put him on the cover. Yeah, I agree. I agree with the shut up and dribble, with the playoffs, with the school, uh, the school, yeah, and then. The trade. Yep. It's crazy. Like, like that would be the third thing because there's been so much LeBron, and 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 it's been all positive and so impressive. Now, did you uh, did you notice how back in February when we started working on this cover that somehow he, he still didn't have a jersey? Uh well, you guys were sort of planning. Of course, we were. Now you, there's I mean, a- we made that mistake last year. I don't know. If, I I've had one tweet get over a hundred thousand retweets, and it was one word. It was. What? It was whoops. Last year when you know Kyrie got traded to the Celtics, I just put the cover out and I said whoops. Because <laughs> it was too late. I mean, it was 11 days before our game came There's out. no changing the, the trade. It. No, you can't do that. We did change it. Like We did change it a few weeks into this. <laughs> In the game. Uh, well, no, at physical retail, which is not. Oh, for a, like the next pressing yeah. or whatever? Yeah, so like the next print went went to retail and Kyrie was in a Celtics jersey. Now, but the first covers, he was in a Cavs jersey because it was 11 days before our game came out. There's, there's going to be a religious experience in Los Angeles. <laughs> the first time LeBron James takes the court in his Los Angeles Lakers jersey, in his uniform. Like, I imagine, Laker friends, it's going to be literally like a religious experience. It's going to be like something forget, you've never you, seen. Are you a Lakers fan? I'm not a Lakers hater. I like I like the Lakers. I love magic. Yeah. Um, and I like a lot of these players on this team. So it's not like one of my teams that I rant about. But can, can he be embraced on the level of a magic or Kobe just because he I, didn't start there? I, I, I'm going to tell you something. He, 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 he might not be embraced in the history of it. My years in Los Angeles and being around celebrities and being around hype and Star Wars release and this movie release and Leonardo and the Titanic, I've never seen, and social media adds a whole other layer to it. Especially with the way that the NBA has handled their social media. It's it's just, but there's, I've never seen such a a frenzy about a star, whether it's an actor, whether it's, you know, Madonna, Michael Jackson, Prince, like just call him a star in my years of Los Angeles. So I think, listen, being embraced, he wins that title. They don't no, care where he's... No, it doesn't matter, of course. But I, when he comes out in that jersey, it's going to be people, Laker fans, who are in that Staples Center. Like, the last thing that was like that was like Kobe, his final his game. His final game, oh, yeah. So when he comes out... Now, there was a tweet picture of you standing next to him when they're getting the photograph, and you saw him in his Laker jersey. Well, that wasn't just him in the Lakers jersey. That was him in the Lakers jersey for the first time ever. Okay, was at our shoot. How right. crazy is that? So you saw that, I, like I was just for you, like you've seen him in video games. You're a fan when you see him in the Lakers. It's, it's so weird. It's so weird. I, so I you're mean, one of the first people ever to see him in a Lakers jersey. Yep. So weird. Did he? What did he say when he put it on? Like, did he say anything? Because I mean, I'm sure he maybe had worn it behind closed do- doors, but maybe not. I have no idea. Like. He doesn't have that much time to just be like good putting on jerseys and stuff. I mean, it was pretty impressive. Like, I mean, the guy is larger than life as it is, but then obviously um, having seeing him in that purple and gold. I mean, it's it's it was remarkable. It was pretty crazy. I got to be honest with you, it almost looked fake. Well, in that so in that picture, in it that looks picture, fake almost. He looks like a wax, but he kind of is built that way. Like he looks like larger than life. He looked like a wax figure. Yes, he did. <laughs> but I mean. It, 
the lighting in that in that area is amazing and that like that yellow like it just i don't know it just he looks he looks great in that jersey so i think i think that he will get embraced let me ask you a question yeah, i know this embraced. is you're supposed to be interviewing me but i got a question for you okay if he wins a championship on a third team where do you stand on the on the goat conversation i mean listen or is he already there he he's if he's not it's one, it's, it's, it's never going to be resolved you know michael with his the 6 for 6 the time he played you know for me like i'm I, as much as i is i is i you have to have that conversation for me personally like i was i i can't remember who it was i think it might have been michael jordan it might have been charles barkley it was in the 90s when i heard an athlete say well, you know, this is my team or, you know, it's my team. And I was like, growing up, you never, you say there's no, there's no, there's no I in team, right? Yeah. You know, and I, and I remember like hearing that, like hearing a player refer to it as my team, you know, it's my team now, or maybe Barkley was saying, you know, it's his team now. And I was like, as a kid, you, it's against everything that you're taught in team sports. Yeah. So now it's LeBron so... LeBron did that a lot in Cleveland last he, year. A lot. I, I mean, mean, he's done a lot. But even before him, I, I, yeah, yeah. and I'll yeah, blame yeah, no, LeBron for a lot of you. things. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I'll yeah. get on. But like, you know, so for me, when you talk about a team sport, like obviously you say Michael Jordan's the GOAT, whatever. But like, it's like, it. the rules are different. The, 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 the time's different. Whether he's the GOAT or the second goat, or the it don't he's something. It doesn't matter. He's no. some he's some sort of goat. He might be not the the number one goat. He might, but he's definitely like a goat at the front of the the goat cage. Yeah. You know, if there's goats <laughs> at the thing, like he's, he's the goat herder. I mean, like his his playoffs last year, yeah. was so nuts. And that team was pretty bad. The Lakers like, are better than them. The Lakers are better than them now. So I don't know what people are talking about. Yeah. Like, oh, it's the West. No, they're making the playoffs. 100%. Making the playoffs. I think they're I think going to be. A, I think they're going to be a four or five seed. I don't care what seed they are. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're going to the Western Conference Final. That's my prediction. Well, I mean, it, it just how how the tournament lines up. If they get a four or five seed, they're facing the Warriors in the second round, and then they're going to be in trouble. But I get what you're saying. I, I mean, they're going to be formidable. But j- just general basketball, because you know so much about it. Obviously, Lakers, Golden State. Um, if we have to say right now, based on what we know, yep. what are your four teams from the West? If you're making a pick just on everybody's healthy, yep. everybody makes it yep. this season, what are your four Western teams? Uh, I think no doubt it's Warriors, Houston, and OKC. The fourth team becomes a little tricky. And I guess then you have to take LA. I mean, right around that pack, but a little bit outside of it, definitely Utah. Um, yeah, Utah, something, no something's one's wrong with, Something's wrong with Minnesota. I, I don't know what it is. I agree. Something's wrong with them. Um, that's probably about it. Am I forgetting anyone? No, that's it. And then in the East, what are your predictions based I, t- on everything I we know? T- I honestly think the Celtics are going to run, run away with it. I really do. What happened to Philly? I don't think it's going to be close. Philly, like, so I think they're still going to have some problems. Like, they're still going to have some problems with outside shooting. Like, I know Redick is is key to that team. They just got a lot of guys that, like, are ball dominant and inside. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm a huge fan of Ben Simmons' game. I, You know, I hope he develops a shot because he could be one of the best players in NBA history. I really do. Yeah. I, that guy gives me so much grief about his rating. Oh, my God. Like, literally every – last year he was like, I'm not playing your game anymore. I'm going to go play Call of Duty. I'm like, over a rating? Like, again, like, like just go fix it. Um, 
but he's an 87. He, every time he texts me, he says, hey, this is Mr. 99. Every time he texts me. I ran into him in a club uh, a few months ago. He's like, literally, he could have been talking about anything, but he's like, Oscar Robertson, Magic Johnson, Ben Simmons. I was like, what are you, what are you ranting about? I don't, what are you talking about? He's like, most, tri- most triple doubles as a rookie. And I was like, this is what you want to talk to me about at a club? Like, seriously, there's all these hot women around and that's what you want to talk to me about? Okay, that's fine. That's good. All right, Ronnie 2K, uh, you have a, a, a cultish status. Um, we're going to work. I say war like I have any say. We're going to work on getting the, the courtside season yes, tickets please. for I the Golden State so. Warriors. I'll be visiting you for, for that for sure, especially <laughs> if I push it over the top. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course. Um, I'm proud to be in the game. Uh, I love the game. I mean, I'm trying to still figure out like how they like. The, the, I mean, you had a humongous role. Yeah. Like, I mean that that is a big role. I mean, and have you? What, what has the sentiment been about your specific like? They, you know, people. They, they're. I mean, people love it. You know, yeah. I mean, some people are like you know. the thing about the Twitter. It's hate. like yeah, yeah. You know, but in general, like you know, in my world, like people trip out off of it. You know, I played a role. Right, you know, so I, but I think next year, like, I think I have to play myself. Well, okay, I gotta ask you a question. You are a massive Hollywood success, but how was the production of, of career? Because like, you, it you, was you, great. So like, it I, was weird. I do scenes every. I do scenes every year this year. So like, what have, do you think of your own acting? How would you rate oh, your I own? Suck. <laughs> would you, what would you do with your 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 acting rating? So by the way, I've actually done some shows. So I was I had a mini thing and like now uh, actually we should probably talk about this. Uh, I'm getting approached for like TV things. So like I did a little thing for Ballers uh, on HBO. Uh-huh. I did a small little cameo there. I'm in a movie that I cannot talk about. I wish I could because it's a like one of the it's my ch- anyway. I'm not going to talk about it. You already but, did it. No, Is it? Did you sign a, no, a non disclosure? I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping to do it. Uh, we'll talk about it after. Okay. But but I have you know things coming up. That Big are, Bang Theory. Like, I can see you in that. Who, <laughs> yeah, as a nerd. Yeah. Uh, who would have Who would have thought? But um, anyway, when I did my scene this year, I walked out of the scene. Like I nailed the scene. First take, nailed it. Except, so you said. Except the problem, no, 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 I did. Okay. They were like, wow, that was amazing. Because the problem was I had to do it eight times afterwards yeah. because I, I did so well the first time and then screwed up every other time after. But the first time, I, perfect, right? Except on my way out, I walked through the elevator. Like uh-huh. literally through it. And everybody's like, how'd you do that? It's, it's invisible. Like you're supposed to stop, push the elevator button and then walk out. I'm sure yeah. you, you remember that. Um, but I, it's it's all an imaginary set. That's the rem- thing that, that was, was cool. I've right? never done a CGI movie like yeah. what, you know. I know they've done like all sorts of movies where and and that was, I mean, it's all imagination. You should take my outtakes. I, I told you like if, I know you got <laughs> a lot of things, to watch them. Yeah, but yeah. the outtakes like they should because I was like, what the fuck is going on here? They're like, <laughs> you know, you're eating a, you're eating a hot dog and you're drinking a beer. I go, well, where? They're like, no, where you just they? got a gesture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it took me so, like, at one point I thought Ashton Kutcher was going to come. I was like, this is, I'm being punked. <laughs> like, I kept saying like, what is going on? Like, this is like, what is this? You yeah. know what I mean? Because I had never done it and I, I had like a day to do all my stuff and I was like, what, what is this? Like, Dude, I, they gave me a box which was supposed to represent a cell phone and they're like, you're holding it backwards. So I'm like, how the hell am yeah, I supposed to do? It's, like, it's hard to get yeah. used to. I mean, the cool thing about it is, is that you could do anything. Yeah. But, but I mean, the, the people up there and the whole thing was cool. But like, I kept saying like, where, like, where's like, 
Johnny Knoxville or no, like you, who? You're they, on you're on these million dollar production sets. Yeah, and this thing is built out of like it looks like a joke. Like, it looks like a joke. <laughs> it, it does, but that's how they in, shoot like the, Planet of the Apes and the, stuff. That's in the game. That's that's all you need. Yeah. yeah. So so a yeah. Imagination. They, I mean, it was it was cool, but it just definitely takes a. It I mean, we had a, all you, these huge actors in there: uh, Anthony Mackie and Aldrich Hodge and Ginger Gonzaga, and obviously you. And uh, I, I, I always am so like amazed. Like you guys are so used to it one way, and we're trying to get you to do this CGI thing that's built on basically nothing. Nothing. And and somehow it feels it like a joke. And then they they plug you in. And you're doing and jumping you jacks. And you see the end of it. You're yeah, like, and you're like, wow. it's it's crazy. So. Yeah. It was cool, but I definitely... You're going to have to do it again. I've, I'm, I'll do it. Maybe I, I do it with the broom this year. Yeah, okay. I come into the broom, like and, and, you know, and I, I go up there and harass Cleveland fans. All right, Ronnie2K, I appreciate you joining the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. And, uh, you know, keep doing your thing. Yeah, you too, man. Continued success. Right. Thank you. All right. I want to thank my guy, Ronnie, from NBA 2K. For all the insight, all the information, Ben Simmons, my man, you played one season. Okay, you're the rookie of the year. Stop complaining about your player rating. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast, the best in the business. Mr. New York is back in New York. I want to hear what you guys think of Atypical. If you're listening to this uh, today when we dropped it, September 11th, and I don't even need to uh, say what that day means to this country, to the world, to New York. Um, spend a moment pondering that and hoping, wishing, praying that something like that never happens again anywhere in the world uh, the way uh, Manhattan was attacked uh, 17 years ago. Um, and that's it. It's I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Thank you, Ronnie. I Am Rapport, you know where to find us. Miles, Jordan, take us out of here with a banger, with a smacker, something real nice. Mouth. out.